Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel brought to you by Accessible South Africa. I'm Lois Strachan. Today we're going to be looking at the sport of adaptive paragliding as we celebrate the launch of adaptive paragliding into South Africa. We're chatting to Matthew van Zale from Square One Paragliding and we're chatting to Taryn Tomlinson from Able to Travel, both of whom were involved with the launch of the sport. Right, let's learn a little bit more and meet Matthew and Taryn. Today on A Different Way of Travelling, we're chatting to Matthew Fenzale from Square One Paragliding, and we're going to be chatting to Taryn Tomlinson. Recently, we introduced adaptive paragliding into South Africa for the first time, and we're going to be chatting to Matthew and to Taryn about that particular exciting inclusive travel experience. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Louise. It's great to have you with us, and thank you for giving us the time and a little bit of information. We're looking forward to hearing about your company and finding out a little bit more about adaptive paragliding. So maybe the first thing to ask is to say, ask you a little bit about who you are and about Square One Paragliding. Okay. Well, my name is Matthew Fonzale. Um, I run an aviation school called Square One Paragliding. Um, personally, I have been paragliding since 2015. And I've, in the last few years, I've been privileged enough to travel the world with this sport. It really has um, opened my eyes, spread my wings to what's possible in this world. Um, I've been places like Kenya and the East Coast of Africa. I have been to the Central Valley of Utah in the United States of America. And I have also flown all over Europe, um, namely the Dolomites in Italy, um, the valleys of France. I've been to the low hills of Germany. Um, I really have been opened to the world of opportunities that I can have with just something as simple as uh, airplane in my backpack. How did you get into paragliding? What what was it that got you interested? How did I get into paragliding? Well, boys will be boys. <laughs> I've always had a dream of such that I want to fly. 
I want to fly high in the sky, just like the birds I see when I look up into the clouds. And then I started looking at what kind of aviation would I like to be into, um, which I realized paragliding is the most affordable form of aviation. Not just that, but like I have said, have mentioned, is that it can fit in a backpack. So really the world is your oyster. You can climb, hike up onto a mountain, um, face into the wind, set up your gear and go for a lovely soar, soaring session. So some of our listeners might not be familiar with what paragliding is. And particularly with you mentioning that you can fit a paraglide into a backpack. Can you just give us a short description of what actually is paragliding? Well, a paraglider is a highly engineered piece of fabric. It is an elliptical-shaped airfoil, um, which just means that it is kind of like an airplane wing above your head. So it is stitched together in such a way that it forms openings, cells, or baffles, if you would like to think about it as that, which inflates with the wind. So we call it a ram air inflation. So what you would do is you would find a gentle, easy slope on the side of the mountain, and you would inflate your wing into the oncoming wind, just like a bird. Just like airplane, we need to launch into the wind. So by pulling up this piece of material, this elliptical-shaped wing above your head, by pulling it up into the wind, the wind in turn enters the cells, and that, uh, that gives the wing uh, pressure, and that turns it into the shape of a solid wing. So it is pretty much then once it is pressurized, an airplane wing above your head. And you how, are attached. So I was going to sorry. ask how are you how are you connected to the wing? Yes. As the pilot, you are connected. You're sitting in a harness and that is connected via lines to your paragliding wing above your head. So once everything is nicely pressurized and it forms the shape of an airplane wing above your head, you are then attached via those lines and simply take one or two steps forward and into the air of the mountain. That then, of course, brings us through to adaptive paragliding. Yes. So how did you and Square One Paragliding get into adaptive paragliding and host the first Adaptive Paraglide in South Africa. Tell us the story of that. Well, adaptive paragliding is something that I have seen on my travels in the United States. Um, a few years back when I was still an assistant instructor, I was I seen this wheelchair slash sleigh. It's a funny looking three-wheel trike um, where a passenger gets seated in and clipped in and as I walked up closer I could see that that it was 
a special needs passenger that couldn't use their legs. And I thought to myself, wow, how brilliant is this? That even if we are physically limited, we can still get in the air and fly and enjoy this magical experience. So the more I thought about it, um, I came back to South Africa, back to my own country, and I realized we don't have anything available like this. We have a lot of disabilities and a lot of special needs, and they are not able to enjoy something like what we can offer. And I said to myself, well, this needs to change. Um, it's always, you can't, you can't, I can't do this. I'm excluded from doing this. And I asked myself, why? The, the equipment is available. Um, why are we not, why are we not offering this in, in, in our country? Which led me to bring into the country the first wheelchair. It is an adaptive paragliding wheelchair, which we call the fly chair. And this allows me to strap a passenger into the front. And then me as the pilot take over the controls of running down the mountain. Um, for them, it won't be possible to use their legs to come down. So instead, we put them on a nice, easy trike so that they can take the stress out of it and I can concentrate on what I have to do to bring the wing up and get us into the air. So the logistics sound both familiar and yet a little bit different from what the experience of paragliding would be normally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who can actually take part in, you know, are there any disabilities that are included or excluded? What are your thoughts around that so far? Well, personally, I don't like the word excludement. Um, I try not to exclude anybody or anything. And now what the brilliance is of the chair is that you're nicely strapped in and comfortable on top of the wheels. So any special needs, any disabilities, um, you can't use your, like we have said before, you can't use your legs or perhaps like yourself, you don't have the vision to see what's going on. There's nothing better than strapping in, knowing that you're secure, knowing that you're safe, knowing that this is going to wheel us off the side of the mountain. So to reiterate there, I would like to keep everything inclusive and say to anybody with any kind of special needs or any kind of disability to come and give it a try. There's nothing as easy as sitting in a chair and letting letting the pilot control the wing and one, two, three, we are in the air. I have to say, the the taking off, that I can understand it. And you know, it makes a lot of sense because you're using the the wind to give you lift and to get up into the air. What is the landing experience like? Well, the landing experience is actually very straightforward, very simple, very easy. Um, as we come closer down to the ground, what you would usually do is try and get 
out of the harness and try and get your legs pointed down to the ground so that would be the first point of contact so that you would not you would minimize any damage to your body whereas now we've got a chair to take control and take over that process so it is simply as easy as one two three and we're on the ground it is a very soft landing and now with the addition of the wheels it doesn't matter the terrain if it is long grass if it is a rocky side of the mountain if it is a nice paved road we can literally tackle any kind of terrain and make sure that our landing will always be the same it will always be as easy as one two three so the the, the wheelchair that you're using is a multi-terrain well, it's not really a wheelchair, but it, it is technically a wheelchair as well. It's the fly it, chair. It is. It is. The fly chair has a bit more rugged wheels, and which does allow us to, to tackle a bit more of a difficult terrain. So we've got a big thread, a nice thick thread, and a big diameter of the wheel. So that we could ride over any rocks if, if in case we do encounter um, any rocks on landing or so forth. And to what level um, are you as the pilots then able to communicate? So if I were in the fly chair and we were um, paragliding and coming in to, to land, would you be able to communicate with me and give me warning that that was about to happen? Yes, very clear. As the pilot, I will be seated in the back and you as the passenger are strapped into the front of me. So we are about 30 to 40 centimeters apart and that allows for us to easily communicate with each other without having to shout over the air noise. And uh, at every step, I like to communicate with my passenger and let them know exactly what is going on, what the next step will be, and what they can expect from the next step to, to alleviate any kind of nerves, any kind of angst that they might be seeing as this is the first time that you would be trying something like this. So I keep my communication throughout the flight from the time that we launch to the time that we land, we're continuously communicating, um, saying what's going on around us now, what, are, what is the air doing, are we sinking, are we lifting in the air, is it warm air, is it cold air? And for me, that really gives a feeling of being um, part of the whole experience, not just simply an observer, strapped into the fly chair but to create that feeling of becoming part of the experience part of nature we are becoming one with our paraglider it sounds wonderful um so thank you i think that communication particularly when we're talking about a visual impairment the communication of, of what's happening around us certainly does 
do a lot to ease anxiety. And also, you know, the, the element of audio description. So it's not just an experience that is tactile, but you get a, a, a multi-sensory description of what's happening. So that's a, a great thing to hear as well. Now, we're recording this in the, at the end of October 2021. And it's really only been a matter of weeks since you introduced adaptive paragliding into South Africa and into Cape Town. Tell us about mm -hmm. that first flight. The first flight in South Africa went down without a hitch. What an amazing experience. Um, to get this chair, it, has, it was a while, it was a few weeks of waiting for customs, waiting for delivery, and all of a sudden the chair was there. And all of a sudden, the weather was good. And all of a sudden, we had a lot of people coming out to experience this new or to take part of this new experience available in Cape Town. I must say thank you to the South African National Parks and for the city of Cape Town for giving us a special commercial permit to operate on Signal Hill and be the first company to be able to do adaptive paragliding flights. So that takes us back up to Signal Hill. The weather is good. The wind is in our face. And we've got a couple of guys saying, wow, let's be part of this new experience. What a fantastic day it was. We, we put some smiles on some faces. Um, Taryn Tomlinson came to fly with us. I'm sure she can tell you more about her experience. And yes, like you've rightly said, it was only a few weeks ago, but we're keeping that momentum and we're putting it on the fast track to get as many people in South Africa that has never experienced this before or never even thought that they might be able to fly one day um, to, to come to Signal Hill and come fly with us. Well, hopefully getting the podcast out will also help to get a few more people aware yes. of the, the, the fact that the experience is open to them. So hopefully we'll be able to assist you with keeping up that momentum. Thank you very much. I say the more the merrier. Bring one, bring them all. Come along, have a nice day with us in Cape Town. And what way, better way than to break the bonds of gravity for the afternoon. What a better way to fly like a bird. Absolutely true. Matthew, if people would like to contact you or find out more about Square One Paragliding and particularly about the adaptive paragliding, because I'm sure you do more than just the adaptive paragliding as well, how can they contact you? Okay, well, if you would like, if you're interested and you would like to contact me, you can go have a look on my website. It is squareoneparagliding.co.za. People can directly contact me, uh, Matthew Fanzel, and it's 084-361-7279. Alternatively, we are all over social media. Our Facebook is South, um, Square One Paragliding South Africa, and our Instagram handle is at Square One Paragliding. 
And just to confirm, that's S-Q-U-A-R-E and the number one. Yes, that's square with a number one and then paragliding. So it's square1paragliding.co.za. Perfect. Thank you. And we'll include that in the show notes as well and hopefully link to some of your social media. Brilliant. Brilliant. If someone were listening to this and going, you know, that sounds really like so much fun, but I'm still a little bit nervous. What would you say to them to encourage them to come and give adaptive paragliding a try? Well, it is completely normal to have nerves. We, you've actually never done this before. You've never been in the air with no kind of mode of propulsion. So being a little bit nervous is a perfectly normal thing. We run you through the process once we're on the hill. We run through the process of clipping in, what would be required from you, what is the next few steps. And I'm amazed that every single time I get um, comments in the first 10 seconds of being in the air saying, huh, this is it, huh? This is what I've been so afraid of all my life. So I just want to say that a little bit of nerves is a great thing. It keeps you awake. It keeps you aware. It keeps you, um, sorry, I messed that up, but it does keep you awake. It keeps you aware. And a little bit of nerves is, is a normal thing. Once you're in the air and you see how relaxing it really is, it's the best seat in the house. And trust me that we have the skills required to take you off gently and land you safely. And what for you, as someone who's been involved in paragliding for some time, what is the feeling like of being up there in the skies i can't describe the feeling to you it is it is out of this world you really feel like you have become for those few minutes you have become part of nature there is no greater feeling than floating high above the ground with no form of propulsion with a little bit of wind blowing through your hair and you really do see why the birds sing every morning. They can't wait to do it all over again. And I think on that note, we should probably ask Taryn about her experiences being part of that initial flight in Cape Town. So hi there, Taryn, and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time. How are you doing? Hello. Good, good, good. I cannot complain. The sun is shining. Summer is about uh, to be on our doorstep, so I'm very happy. <laughs> good to hear, and it's great to have you back with us on the podcast. It's been about a year, I think, since we last chatted to you. Yeah, it's time flies, huh? It had been, uh, I guess, just shortly after, I think, coming back from Kilimanjaro, if I'm not mistaken, or a couple of months later. That's right. And in fact, it sounds almost odd. We were talking about you heading up into the skies 
by climbing a mountain. And today we're going to be talking about <laughs> another way of getting you up into the skies. So oh, down from the down from the top <laughs> of the mountain. You see, I've, I've come to see that it's like it's too much work even just to get to the top now. If I still put in that extra effort to get down, why not just fly down? <laughs> Well, there we go. Research for next time you go up Kilimanjaro. <laughs> now, Matthew and I already spoke about this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great possibility that we could paraglide from from Kilimanjaro. I'd do it. Well, let's take a step back. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about who Taryn Tomlinson is and uh, able to travel. Uh, yeah, so um, whew, how do I keep this brief? So uh, basically, Taryn is, uh, can I speak about myself in the third person? That seems terribly <laughs> You can speak about yourself in the first person as well. <laughs> so I'd say that, uh, you know, essentially I'm, I'm a person who is a creative and who uses media um, in order to draw attention to change essentially from a social perspective. Um, and so, you know, whether it's via writing, I'm a writer, so I've uh, been writing for Mikotekel Media on accessibility for, for Mango Juice, um, the award-winning magazine when we still had a mango. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then also now recently for the Daily Maverick uh, newspaper, but I've been writing for, for various publications and that over the years. And then as well as a television host on SABC2, which was the first 26 episode that aired this year uh, called Activate on Disability uh, Awareness and, and, and just looking at what is out there in terms of access for persons with disabilities, but also what the credible people, incredible people around South Africa um, who are diversely abled are doing uh, to change things in their areas and their, their, you know, their businesses. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I mean, we were very, very honored to have you as well. So you're one of those incredible stories. Uh, that has also been an, an amazing journey. But uh, before that's been my foundation, the Bambini Dream Foundation, that has been my, my focus uh, since uh, 2012. Um, so, yeah, it's just mentoring this youth. And um, so, yeah, if I think about just to sum it up, it would be, you know, I'm very uh, focused on in whichever small way I can to make a difference and then use media in order to do that. Great. I, I agree. Sometimes it's really hard to summarize a very active and diversely engaged life into a few short sentences. So well done. Well, and I didn't even mention able to travel. Oh my gosh. I mean, of course, <laughs> in the hospitality industry, like that was the question, right? But you see, it's confusing. I need to actually write down like an elevator pitch. <laughs> So able to travel as well. One of the other jobs that I do is uh, that uh, I access, assess hotels um, from, you know, the perspective of universal accessibility, uh, because I just find that a lot of the times, even though, you know, places are stated to be accessible, I mean, we know that that is a really broad uh 
you know, uh, term. And uh, usually that is defined by able-bodied people. And then the person with the disability is actually finding that what is being built or what is is there or claimed to be accessible is not really fully functional, rendering, you know, the very product uh, kind of useless, you know, to, to a large degree depending on the person's physical ability. So I'm working with this really about, you know, improving the guest experience for persons with disabilities traveling in and around South Africa, whether that be, you know, local tourists or um, or locals or whether it be international tourists. Um, and then looking around to creating social content as well um, via a television uh, series under the name of Able to Travel. Uh, which is in development. Um, so looking around, really promoting, you know, places and events and activities that are accessible for persons with disabilities like paragliding, you know, adaptive paragliding. Which sounds like an excellent place for me to jump back in and say, and adaptive paragliding indeed, because you were one of the people who were involved in the first Adaptive Paraglide in Cape Town. How yes. did you get involved? Well, Matthew, bless you. Matthew uh, contacted me one day and uh, he had heard about me, read about me, and uh, said that, you know, he is bringing over the first Adaptive Paraglide from uh, from France um, and that they're going to, he's going to be able to offer it. And he's super excited for what this means because, Oftentimes with the other, you know, with the paragliding built essentially for able-bodied people, um, there's a higher risk of injury uh, and getting hurt, particularly on the landing. So this is actually a chair, a three-wheeler, uh, with a wheel right in front and two long bars and two wheels at the back, like a standard wheelchair. And you get stuck into that. And, you know, Matthew asked me if I would come in and, and, and jump and, you know, help him. Uh, and he would love me to come and jump and see what it's like and help me in the promotion. And I obviously jumped at it. And, uh, yeah, we just clicked and love his vision. Um, and, yep, I called up uh, some and a journalist that I know, uh, Nadine Thiran, who now works for France 24 News, and because the product was French as well, the news team uh, loved the idea, and so they came on board, and so it was covered by France 24 um, News, and it was myself, and we, we, Matthew and I ran a competition and gave the top chance for uh, two girls with disabilities. Uh, one is another wheelchair user, and uh, another Taryn, she's uh, a person of short stature. So, yeah, I gave them the opportunity to be the first ever to 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 jump, and then I went uh, after them. Were you nervous at all? Um, I wasn't nervous, but um, it was a bit really, there is like a moment of like anxious tension when they're busy strapping you up finally on the the thing and then it's the wind you can feel the wind is really moving the chair like you know from left to right so and they try to maneuver at the back behind you so there is that moment I would say just before you jump just you know when everything has been and then you they start running with you like there is that moment of but it's just like exhilaration man it's like that rush 
I'm surprised. I mean, for me, I think being visually impaired, my concern would be more the landing, I think, than the takeoff. How mm. do you feeling about that? It was, I also anticipated a landing that was different. It was so smooth. It was basically, you know, we, we get to a certain point and we come over the ocean and then he does like a kind of turn and then we get in line with the promenade um, so that we, you know, coming up from above and we're in line like a, like a landing strip. Um, and when he gets to a certain height, it's like he just pulls these cords and it's like it just, the wind, it just like takes you down. And then it's like, bloop, and he's on the grass. And <laughs> I was like, was that it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot gentler than most airplane to air landings. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, and I was expecting a bit something a bit more, you know, um, exciting than that. But no, the landing was smooth, absolutely smooth. Um, and it was just, it was an exhilarating feeling as well because you're sitting there um, and you'll be able to put your arms out and just feel what it's like to be like a bird. You know, it's just like you have, because you feel the wind around you and and you're gliding. It's, and it's so peaceful because there's no motor or anything like that. And you're basically just being, you know, the way he, Matthew explains it is that you kind of glide on pockets of air that come off from the buildings and hit off from, from the mountain. And you find these pockets of air and it's almost like kind of surfing, I think, in a way, you know, the more pockets you find, you can ride them for longer. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I would so, 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 so recommend it to anybody. Well, I suppose it would be, I was going to ask, would you, would you do it again? And I suppose the answer to that would be absolutely, of course. Absolutely. You know, Matthew and I are already speaking about, uh, we've spoken already about uh, jumping again, and uh, he wants to take me to jump off uh, Devil's Peak uh, and then come around over the mountain, over Table Mountain, and, and you, you land up in Camps Bay um, in front of the bungalow where the bowling greens, in front of the bungalow restaurant in Camps Bay, uh, Maiden's Cove side. So, yeah, and I think... Hey, like as my, I would go, like it can be like a cool hobby, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want like a James Bond outfit now. Like I feel like I deserve one. <laughs> I think like I need like an outfit. <laughs> if I've been doing this on a regular. <laughs> I, had, I was really impressed when, you know, chatting to Matthew, he was talking about how inclusive he wants the sport to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important, you know, because you you mentioned it, I think, similarly when you were talking about the work that you do with Able to Travel, that sometimes something that is considered adaptive or inclusive for one sector of the community is not going to work for somebody from a different sector. And it does make things a lot more difficult. Yeah, when when Matthew said, no, I don't like the word exclusive. I want this to be for anyone, Mm. no matter what their disability. I'm like, yes, I like that because that's really what we're looking for about inclusion into sports, into activities, and into the hospitality and tourism industries. Absolutely. It's about... 
you know, yes, there's such a diverse spectrum of, you know, diverse abilities or disabilities. Um, and, you know, I'd hate, I hate to see it, I mean, we'll say it, but sometimes we've got to be realistic as well in the time frames of what it's going to, what it what it's going to mean in terms of time in terms of changing people's consciousness to be able to be inclusive of absolutely everybody but we've got to start somewhere you know just like the lgbtqi community started with the first three letters you know (laughs) so we've got to keep expanding and keep making sure that you know via various types of initiatives, technologies, and, 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 and conscientizing as well, because that's what I get mostly, you know, mostly, and it's so sad, but it's so mostly seen as like, oh no, well, you know, we, we, we don't cater to, you know, unfortunately, we don't cater to persons with disabilities because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's almost just a brush aside. And I think that that's because, you know, there, there, there needs to be a shift in consciousness in terms of people really getting it. And so uh, able to travel is created in a way that it's, it's you know, it's, it's a fun, light-hearted luxury, you know, but also, also no, I wouldn't say light-hearted. Um, it's, it shines a spotlight, but in a way that is entertaining so that the majority of people would want to watch it because essentially it's about conscientizing the masses of people. I think a lot of the problems we find is that people say, I'm sorry, but we can't accommodate you. Mm -hmm. And that often if they make the decision to try, then it starts looking at different questions like, Okay, so we can't accommodate everybody as we are now, but what small differences can, small changes can we make to make us increasingly inclusive? Uh, Absolutely. And you know what? There's there's technologies, you know, even like reading, you know, in, in terms of Braille and stuff. There's so many things that can be done. Um, and sometimes even for no cost, if we're looking at, um, you know, technologies used for automation, um, it, it, like building onto a website as well, you know, it's a plugin that makes it uh, so that the letters are adapted uh, to different sizes, you know, audio description. Um, so this, but like you said, it, it boils down to a willingness to want to be open, to not say, no, we can't, but to say, you know what? We'd love to. These are our limitations. But what do you think is out there? You know, how can we, with our limitations, we'd like to start somewhere. What can we implement that is gonna and then can we work on a plan so that in the future when we do make changes, you know, these are put in the forefront. And, 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 you know, to have people honestly do that because they, they they truly have a greater understanding and compassion, not just to do it as a, something to take off your box. And then when I got to the top, once we were in the air, it was just like, <gasps> it's just like, I think if we played back the audio, you know, um, of the recording that I did, yeah, gasping, it is just so beautiful. Um, and, you know, we, we went up 
quite close against the mountain and then you're just feeling and it's like gliding and, and it's you can have a conversation because it's so quiet up there um you know and he's just gliding on the you're gliding on the wind and then coming over the houses it was just like it's just peaceful it was just an amazing experience i'm only sad that it couldn't last longer <laughs> how long was the flight oh man it goes so quickly it's about five to seven minutes Wow. So it is, it is, I mean, we, when Matthew said, you know, it could be a the short flight or a longer flight um, hmm. when he, he and I were Depends driving. on weather. Yeah. It depends on the weather, the, the, yeah. the weather conditions. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I think that the only way to remedy that is to go paragliding more often then. <laughs> <laughs> and Taryn, before I ask you, you know, if you want to share your contact details, if people want to engage with you, either about the paragliding experience, about your Kilimanjaro experience, about, well, about any of the things that you've chatted to us about. Um, I, Life I will. coaching. <laughs> well, I mean, you, as we said, you're a woman of, of many diverse talents, so you do gets involved in all sorts of different things but where can mm-hmm. people reach you oh that's yeah thank you that was so sweet uh yeah you can um i mean my email address is very simple well firstly sorry starting with the social media so any of the social media on facebook or on instagram it's under my name taryn tomlinson so that's t-a-double-r Y-N and T-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N, Tomlinson. And then for email, it's tarantom at gmail.com. Great. Thank you. So, yeah, that would, um, I'd love to, to chat to anybody that's interested. And finally, and I did ask Matthew this question, but what would you say to someone who listens listening to the podcast and goes, I'd love to try it, but I'm nervous. How would you encourage them to give adaptive paragliding a try? Yeah, so you know, face face the nerves, uh, but just transmute it into excitement by simply not focusing on the fears because the nervousness is only there because you're thinking about what could go wrong. Uh, you know, you've got to have trust in, in, in the people that you're going with um, and, you know, just decide. It's just focus on the positive, focus on the views you're going to see from there and how awesome it's going to feel. And, yeah, you know, if you just don't think about the bad stuff. <laughs> so you'd encourage people to give it a try? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... I would say it's 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 just one of those things that you know there's very few, particularly as a person with a disability, I mean, for me as a wheelchair user, there's very few moments that you can feel as truly as free as that. Um, where yes, you're still sitting in a chair in which your arms are free and you're basically just gliding around, you know. Um, it's yeah, so it's a really cool feeling. On that note, I think Matthew Fenzel from Square One Paragliding, Taryn Tomlinson from Able to Travel, thank you both. It has been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. 
And thank you for sharing the experiences with us of the first adaptive paragliding in Cape Town and South Africa. Considering what we've been talking about on this episode of the podcast, I thought it would be fun to have a travel quote related specifically to flight. So here's what Leonardo da Vinci had to say. Once you have tasted flight, you will forever walk the earth with your eyes turned skyward. For there you have been, and there you will always long to return. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of A Different Way of Travelling. We'll see you next time. That's it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa and on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za Editing by Craig Strachan using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow, based on a motive by Lloyd Strachan. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on A Different Way of Traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.